the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Keith Peters reporting. President Biden has had a complete medical exam, and his doctor says he's vigorous. Is he ready? Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. I am not blonde. Not at all. <laughs> this is Justin Hart. I'm filling in for Andrea tonight. So glad to be with you. I hope you're driving safe out there. If you want to call in, number is 888-344-1170. We're going to be taking some calls towards the end of this hour. I've got some really, really interesting guests. We're going to talk about two local issues. One here in California affecting all San Diegans. The other affecting a lot of families in Ohio. I think you know the incident I'm talking about. We're going to be talking to my friend, Nick Sorter, who's actually on the ground there. But uh, first, I wanted to go back to, again, one of my favorite topics. But imagine this, okay? Uh, Consider two star-crossed lovers in San Francisco, right? After an evening of drinking turned into maybe something a little bit more, the slightly embarrassed couple wakes up the next morning to find... uh, a set of health inspectors at the door. I'm sorry, you cannot leave this apartment, says the inspector. So, according to city guidelines, if you have had <clears throat> relationships with someone not of your household, you must quarantine for 14 days. So, this endearing tryst turns into, what, a, a fortnight plod with people who barely know each other, forced to spend days in quarantine. That might sound like fiction. Might sound like uh, you know uh, some 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 rom com from Hollywood, but it, over a stretch of time in 2020, those were the rules, those were the recommendations and mandates in San Francisco. You could date, but if you kiss someone and they weren't in your household, you uh, then you had to stay home together. Uh, dating was dangerous, they said, and probably morally wrong. Uh, you know, one of the the local radio stations question loud. They said, let me get this straight. So during the COVID-19 pandemic, there is no safe way to have mm, whoopee with someone you don't live with and quarantine with. Experts were consulted and the answer was no. You should be wearing a mask. You should minimize face-to-face contact. They also recommended that you keep it quick. <laughs> Not a problem in some households, but that's another point. At this point, logic and reason kind of kind of lost the city limits. So uh, across the country, there was all sorts of crazy, just like this. New York health officials, they're under no illusion that some scary bug like COVID would keep people from getting together. So they, they had COVID guidance. They had their COVID guidance download that you could give. And it gave some pretty specific recommendations. You might say TMI. Before you get together... 
they recommend you ask a bunch of ridiculous questions of your partner, like if they've been tested, not for any venereal disease. No, no. Have you been tested for COVID? Play safer, they said. Avoid the parties. The parties, if you know what I mean. Uh, and if you do, be sure that you know, you're know you wearing face masks the entire time. Uh, I suppose like some Tom Cruise movie, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, maybe that's already there. No, I, I'm not going to go there, but they they, dis- they, they, they recommend that you, know, you, you make it interesting, right? Be creative. Try to avoid, again, the face-to-face contact. I'm sanitizing this just for our audience here. And by the way, that's also what they recommend. Wash hands and toys with soap and warm water. Disinfect keyboards. Oh, TMI. TMI, right? It turns out every major city, every city had its own advice for connections that you might make during the pandemic. And the way that these were phrased, I think it says more about the inner workings of Blue City employees and their imaginations than it does than how the act is actually performed. I mean, the the city of D.C., they suggested, they say, hey, look, why don't you wait on this? If either are you feeling better, they'll be waiting for you on the other side of the pandemic. Of course, Austin, they had to keep it weird. Just because you have to stay distant from your honey, that's an actual quote, doesn't mean you can't go on a great date. Go on a a narrated walk talk on the phone while walking around your neighborhood, distanced, of course. Describe what you see to your partner over the phone. (laughs) The American Sexual Health Association, they came out with the definitive document. They said, quote, you are your safest sex partner. Consider taking a break from in-person dates. Okay. All right. Well, and the the jury is out on what impact that had. Lockdowns, separation, distance learning, keeping that alone. You know, one of my favorite authors, Mark Stein, in a in a book from 2006, he talked about the incredible falling birth rates across the world. I mean, this is dramatic. You've all heard that somehow the world is overpopulated. That's false. That's false. We're becoming more extinct than the polar bears than anyone else very, very quickly. By by the end of the century, 75% of Italians will have no aunts, uncles, brothers, or sisters. Remember that, that famous movie? Mark Stein points this out in his book as well. The, my big fat Greek wedding, right? Where you had this very feckin' group of, of, of daughters who, uh, who, who were marrying into American waspish only child family, right? No, no, it's completely reverse. If you go to Italy, no one has any kids there. And, and then you think about where we are in California. I mean, it's, it's pretty dramatic what's happening here as well. California, uh, they usually have about over 34,000 births per month. Okay, let's just take February, and I choose February because, of course, uh, the apex of the lockdowns happened in April of 2021. So if you're like me with eight kids, you can do the math. February is when you're going to be looking for those outcomes. So in February 2021, a year or nine months more appropriately after the lockdowns, the births fell to 30,000 from 34,000 in 2019. And uh, if you go way back to 2016, 37,000. So over the course of five years, the number of births that we would see in California in the month of February dropped by nearly 20%. And if you look at what transpired, wow. 
Wow. I mean, in San Francisco, they lost 10% of their entire population. I mean, some thought that the stay-at-home orders would bringing we know would wind up bringing more whoopee into our lives they were wrong the fallout from this does not end well because everything begins with a knock at the door who's there and if no one is there as mark stein says to stick the bill to that is you know your children down the line it causes some serious problems so faster than you can say infertility we are having a bunch of issues that are going to be impacted and uh, in my book, Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane, I got some interviews with individuals during the pandemic, and it was, it was very interesting. Like, you, you remember the, the run on TP that we had, right? Everyone went to uh, the Costco, got their big Kirtland slab on those last days before the lockdown of the country. Boy, they were efficient at Costco making that happen, and then all hell broke loose. But the reason why there was such a shortage of supply of TP and again, forgive all the TMI during this episode, but you do half of your business at your business, if you'll excuse the phrasing. And the type of toilet paper and the supply chain, the way it's distributed, the way it's brought into the building on big backs of trucks is very different than the cushy bear stuff you have at home. And so when everyone's stuck at home now, the whole TP industry is like, oh my goodness, we're going to need some more cushy bear stuff very quickly. And then... If you go to different industries, it's amazing what sort of impact the stupid lockdowns had. Take Vegas, for example. The entire Vegas Strip shut down for, what, two, three months? There was an interview with uh, an engineer, uh, one of the properties off of the Vegas Strip, and he talked about how he would do nothing except for roam the halls with his staff for weeks on end, going into each hotel room, turning on the shower, flushing the loo, minding the sink. Because if you don't, it backs up and the next guests when they come in will get Legionnaire's disease. And these hotels were designed for at least like, what, 10, 20% occupancy year round because you have to have a certain amount of flushing going on. So everything backs up. And that's not accounting for the dreadful impact that the COVID lockdowns had, especially on our children and also our families. Consider this, we... We believe that in the in the, the first few months of the lockdowns, just March, April, and May, we probably missed across the country about 200,000 cases of potential domestic abuse. Why? And again, this cuts across political boundaries because the reason why, you understand. Because it's typically sharp-eyed teachers and administrators who call these things out, and kids weren't in school. So when all of a sudden the the lines for domestic abuse and the call-ins there to 911 drop off the face of the earth. What happens? Well, you'll find out. It's pretty pretty dreadful. Uh, even going into when kids were allowed back in school, how many bruises on mom's face do you think we missed because masks were required at drop-off? No one thought about the flip side of that coin, and it's pretty dreadful to consider. We also missed about 60 70% of organ transplants, 50% of cancer diagnoses. I mean, those are the first people that came to us. The oncologists, they said, Justin, hey, uh, either COVID has cured cancer or something else is happening altogether because we're seeing half as many cases as we would typically see. Those sort of impacts on the world are not going away lightly. And that's just the beginning. That's the tip of the iceberg. 
We're going to be talking with uh, our good friend, uh, Christina Hildebrand, in just the next segment. And this is going to be um, very interesting. Because California, of course, Gavin Newsom, and our health overlords have uh, something more in store for us. This is Justin Hart with The Andrea K Show. Thanks for joining us. Back in a minute. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. What's going to be my motto? I haven't quite figured that out yet. It's definitely not, definitely not Justin as a as a, as a rock star in a dress. That's not gonna. That's not gonna cut it. But you know who looks great and who is always at the fervent front end, the tip of the spear for all things advocating for our children and the citizens, especially of California, our friend Christina Hildebrand. Christina, welcome to the Andrea K Show. I'm subbing in for Andrea tonight, but we're so glad to have you. Uh, where do you find yourself tonight? Thank you for having me. I am in Mountain View, California, San Francisco Bay Area. All right. Now, we've been trading text over the last little bit. And um, yep. while we thought a lot of the COVID craziness might be behind us, and a lot of people want, I understandably, to put this behind us, uh, they seem to be taking this cover and uh, making hay with something new. Tell us about what is happening up in Sacramento. Yes. So uh, our organization, of Voice for Choice Advocacy, we are uh, sort of have our ear on the ground in Sacramento. And um, this is the time of year that bills start getting uh, introduced. And uh, Assemblymember Aguila Curry uh, introduced a bill, AB 659, which would require all 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th and 12th graders in California, public or private school, to uh, get the HPV vaccine, that's the human papillomavirus uh, vaccine, in order to be able to go to school. Uh, starting with the, the way the bill is currently written, starting January 2024, and there would be no personal belief exemption, no religious exemption, and a very, very tight uh, medical exemption, which if anybody who's been following this in California, medical exemptions for vaccines are basically impossible to get so basically if you don't want your child vaccinated for um hpv they wouldn't be able to go to school as of next january this this is crazy it's insane i mean look you guys have a very level head over there at a voice for choice you've always advocated uh for safe medical known interventions that are transparent to um you know to parents transparent to kids Uh, as we've noted before, a lot of people say, well, why are you so objectioned to uh, the COVID vaccines? Well, every single scheduled vaccine that's been on the child immunization calendar for California and almost every other state has been out of emergency and testing status for at least a decade and a half before it's ever been put into rotation. We've never had uh, something that, let alone, has been tested on eight mice for a portion of our children. But And my kids, I've got eight of them, as you know, Christina, and I've opted out of those HPVs. We didn't feel it was necessary. We didn't like it. We thought that we needed like a little more time to understanding. But uh, tell us the implications of this. What is is this actually happening? What do you think? What are the chances of this getting through? Well, so for for those people who are not familiar with HPV, HPV is a sexually transmitted disease. Um, it is not communicable through air. You know, you basically have to have sex to get it. <laughs> 
Um, and the last I heard, and I'm, you know, I get that this may be in some schools, but you don't go to school to have bad sex. <laughs> and hopefully they're, you know, not happening too much there. So my perspective is, you know, it is really not something that should be required or or mandated in order to go to school. Um, and it, the fact that if you don't have the vaccine, you cannot go to school. Um, let's st- give you some statistics. So 70% of boys and girls, 13 to 17 years old in California, are vaccinated for HPV. The other 30% are not. And I would say, you know, it, because for in California you have to get the Tdap. Um, the tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis vaccine for seventh grade, that's the time that the HPV vaccine is offered. When you go in to get that from your doctor, you're also offered the HPV vaccine. So, you know, the 30% that are not vaccinated are truly making the conscious decision not to get vaccinated for HPV at that time. Um, You know, many parents at 13, 14 years old, your kid isn't sexually active. They're not concerned about HPV. Um, they want to wait a few years. They want to wait till puberty is ended. You know, they've got a myriad of different reasons for not getting the HPV vaccine. So given that 30% have not gotten the HPV vaccine, I just think, that, you know, I have, and maybe I'm just hopeful because we beat a whole load of bad bills last year, but I think there's a good chance of beating this bill. It's going to be a fight. Don't get me wrong. Um, we're going to have to pull out all the stops like we did last year. Um, but I do think there's a chance of, of beating this. Um, and some other statistics, you know, the, the, there are four states that have the HPV vaccine on the on the school-required mm. schedule, but they all have a personal belief and or religious exemption. So parents can still opt out of getting the HPV vaccine. Just for anyone who's interested, the District of Columbia, Hawaii, Rhode Island, and Virginia wow. are the four states that have that. But they do have an exemption. Here in California, there would be no exemption. exemption. Yeah, and, and this no drives exemption. me nuts when they when they do this. It's like, well, look, give us a couple choices. These are supposed to be people that are deeply for choice. Uh, of course, yeah. they presuppose exactly what sort of behaviors our kids will have. And from what I've seen, there was a report that was timely, of course, timed perfectly for this, where they noted that uh, they modeled out and said, oh, well, this this has actually saved this many lives. And I tell you, I looked at that data, and I was very unconvincing. A lot of information is still out there. And as I understand it, the first trials of HPV were done for eight days. I mean, it was something extraordinarily low before they got interventioned into into our yeah. schedules. And it tries is is that about right? It was just I, I'm it I'm blown is. away by these things. The other it is correct, and and the other piece of it is that similar to the COVID vaccine, which was never you know never tested for transmissibility, mm-hmm. you know now. But, you know, everybody who got the COVID vaccine has basically gotten COVID as well. The HPV vaccine was never, um, none of the trials were done to detect whether or not the vaccine prevents cervical cancer. So that endpoint is not there. The other piece is most people who get cervical cancer, it's one of those cancers that takes a long time to to develop. Most people are in their 50s. They're not in their 20s and 30s. So for for them to be able to say, you know, it has it saves this many lives and stops this much cancer. You know, this this vaccine came out in the early 2000s. that, you know, we haven't even had 50 years. So it's you know, there's quite a bit of. questionability about this vaccine it's also you know the other piece of it is there's a lot of lawsuits against Merck um, for fraud on the HPV vaccine so you know it's there's there's a lot going on here that (laughs) I just feel strongly that 
you know, there's there is enough here that I feel like we can really have yeah. a good fight on this. I will say, you know, I put nothing past the California legislature. <laughs> right. as, you know, it, 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 we have bills and we have laws in place that are just the most ridiculous things that just never should have passed, would never have passed anyone anywhere else. But, you know, a lot of this comes down to money and corruption and, you know, how much is the California Medical Association, you know, donating to, huh, to right. legislators? How much is Merck donating to legislators, you know? Um, well, they all have they all have great intentions is the whole thing. But 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 I tell you, on the on the positive side, as I look at, for example, the bivalent uptake among uh, our kids, uh, six months to 17 years, it hasn't even hit 10 percent. I think yeah. the gig is up. Most people realize I'm not going to be putting this on my kids anymore. They don't need it for the first but for the, for the vast majority of them. And, and for the ones that do go ahead, but don't make it a mandate. These mandates come hard and fast. Christina, where can we find more information about you and a choice for, for a voice for advocacy? Um, a voice for choice advocacy, and our website is avoiceforchoiceadvocacy.org. Awesome to have you on. All right. She Thank shot you. down those bills last year, I tell you, folks. They were so good at this. I have no doubt she will make us proud again. Thanks, Christina. Thank you. Coming up, let's talk Ohio and that train derailment with our friend Nick. He's on the ground there. I kid you not, we're going to get the first-hand account. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Walk with me back to 1990. I was um, 17, 18 years old, and I was in Poland. The wall had just come down, and I was there as a missionary from my church, a young missionary, and I was one of the first missionaries into Poland as the wall came down and Lech Walesa was elected president. And I spent about six months down in Bitom, which is, as they call, the top of the Black Triangle which is where all the mining cities were. And I kid you not, we would come out of that. They'd, they'd bring us back up to the, the mission house in, uh, in Warsaw just to have our lungs looked out because it was like, you know, it, again, TMI. <laughs> Too much TMI in this show, Noah. Sorry about that. But, but look, the, the specks of black would fall down. It was awful. It was like a 24-7 environmental disaster. We pride ourselves here in America being a little more clean cut than that. But my goodness, we've all witnessed this crazy scene out in East Ohio in Pennsylvania. That's right on the border there in this little town. And our friend, my friend, Nick Sorter, is actually there on the ground. Nick, are you here? I am here, Justin. Thank you for having me on. Oh, gosh. Now, wait. What what prompted you to go hightail it to this crazy scene of a derailed train with toxic chemicals that have been burned off in the air, and they, they've, they've made their case as to why they did that. But I saw videos today that you took, that others took, that have me kind of concerned. First of all, what drove you to the town there? Um, well, uh, a little bit too much tequila one night. Not really, no. Okay. Um, what it actually was was the fact that, it, you know, the whole balloon story had just sort of, died down a little bit right right Which, you know and then you go back and you're, you're trying to look for you know, other things that were happening and, and there were 
citizen journalists that were pushing these things, this thing on Twitter, right? Because it had been ignored for, at that time, 10 days. Largely ignored, yes. talking about it. Yeah, largely ignored, absolutely. And it, it was really, uh, really bothering me. And, and you and I have a little bit of a platform, right? Right. Where I, I truly believe that we could do something with this, that we could make it a big story, push the mainstream media to to actually report on it. Uh, because as soon as this, you know, the government already weren't doing anything. State government and federal government, they, they weren't doing anything for these people, Right. They pretty much were just hoping that this would go away and they wouldn't have to, to even talk about it. So to, to, to review, a train derails, and this is on the border, I believe, of Ohio and Pennsylvania. Am I getting that right? Uh, yes, it's pretty close. To okay, the and, and then what, what was in these, these, these big barges here that these, this train was carrying and that got spilled everywhere? Yeah, uh, so there were plenty of hazardous, very flammable materials. The main one... Uh, that ended up causing the majority of the issues uh, was vinyl chloride. Uh, vinyl chloride being uh, extremely volatile, uh, extremely explosive, as we saw. Uh, and they sit in pressurized cars. And so as soon as there was a, uh, a, a crash and a derailment, uh, you know, the, the cars ended up being, uh, I believe, punctured, which yeah. sort of at some point, resulted in a massive uncontrolled explosion so they decided that they were going to do a quote-unquote controlled, uh, controlled explosion. but, but uh, and it's hard the cameras were all trained for this thing because they were doing the controlled explosion but it was pretty intense the sky was blackened uh we understand soot came down they have evidence in the streams uh the government has not been forthright in coming the entire town of east bethlehem was out there and you you went to their their town meeting what did you witness among the citizenry there um, I realized that the government dropped the ball again. Mm. Uh, the people of East Palestine got no, no useful answers out of any of these people last night. Uh, the only time that there was any sort of, uh, of consensus between the people and somebody from the government was when the mayor said that he was, he was determined to hold the federal and state governments accountable. Right. right. Um, other than that, when you had people from the Ohio EPA coming in and speaking, people were really getting to the point where they started jeering and, and, oh. and they just, they ended up having to leave and they didn't want to talk to anybody on the way out because they're like, they, they're just like, they, their lives are being destroyed. Sure. They're, they're seeing their town going away. But you, you're an independent reporter and you were able to sort of get a foothold in the door and talk to a few citizens who are willing to open up, right? Right. And what what were they conveying to you? Are they are they nervous? Are they more frustrated? How do you sort of put it on the scale there? Because I look at that plume of smoke, I look at those details, and I go, "Heaven help me! I'm out of this town. I'm not coming back." And it probably isn't going to do well, right? Right. I, a lot of these people are scared to even be here. To be honest with you, the issue that they're having here is that. There are a lot of them that, I mean, this is a, this is a very small town, a small town that had its economy decimated by a, a super large employer of ceramics ended up going out of business. Uh, so that, that okay. caused a lot of economic turmoil there. And so these people don't have anywhere to go. They can't uh. leave even if they wanted to. They've got their kids here. They've got their, you know, their, their grandparents here and everything. And they can't, they can't move anybody. They can't go stay in a hotel for a while. Uh, and so they're they're like sitting ducks, 
and and they feel uh, trapped and they feel like they're they're uh, that they're helpless. So what, nobody's here. Nobody is here assisting them. And, and so what's what's the next? I mean, you you walked with this one woman down to a stream, and I can see upstream there are these bumpers, as they say, that you know are meant to sort of keep some of the chemicals out. And the the you know the river looked like a typical uh, winter eastern river. Uh, it was very muddy. You couldn't see the bottom. But then she threw a rock in. To the river, you can see this on my Twitter page or on Nick's. Mine is a uh, Justin underscore Hart. She threw it in, and what transpired then? It blew my mind too. Yeah, so there was a, a pretty much just a pool of chemicals that came up from the bottom of the stream. Uh, it, apparently, it had been sitting on the creek bed, <laughs> and as soon as that rock had disturbed it. It then floated to the top. It, it was great. It was alien like. It was so. It was this rainbow right. little. Uh, the best I could describe it is like big rainbow toad pads. You know, the, these 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 little just big winging, leaving greens things that just pull up. And, and my friend tells me, no, that's not the VC chemical. That's actual oil or whatever else. There, I don't care what it is. It's nasty and it's there and it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. Well, these these people have so this particular stream that we're discussing, and the lady that threw the the rock into the stream. This is in her backyard. Okay, this is on her property. This is twenty five feet from her back door. She has two small children. Yeah, and so they used to play in this creek, right? All right. And none of this stuff was in the creek before. <laughs> so whatever it is, if it's not if it's not vinyl chloride, it's something that wasn't there before. Because if you have kids playing in the creek, you're going to see something like this. It, 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 you know, if you can throw a rock in and make that huge pool of this stuff, then obviously kids playing in it would do you know that and more. Wow. So there's, there's no question in my mind that this is something from this accident. I've got a minute and a half left here, but I want to talk to you. What, what Are you going to stick around and see this through? Or what, uh, what, what's going on with you? What, what, are, what are your next steps to sort of uncover some of these things? So to be honest with you, I only plan to stay here for, I only did plan to stay here for one night, right? I came up here, I, I, I got a hotel, um, and I planned on leaving the, the very next night, um, possibly not even staying that night. But at this point, it just seems like we're making so much progress here. We, I think citizen journalists forced the EPA administrator and both U.S. Senators from Ohio mm. to actually show up here today because it's been 13 days and a couple hours it'll be 14 days and none of them had showed up before. So what changed? It, I, I, I'm telling you, it changed from the grassroots pressure campaign that people have been putting on and, and I really believe that that I can be a big part of that. So what a crazy well, Nick. Thanks for uh, thanks for keeping us abreast. Uh, where can people find you and sort of stay in touch with what you're producing down there that no other group is really doing? Well, I keep updated on the Twitter. That's on my Twitter account. That's what I uh, that's what I've been posting on this entire time. Been kind of live tweeting it. Um, it's at Nick Sorter S O R T O R is the last name. Or you can find me on Justin's Twitter. Because uh, I think you posted my video. All the time, all the time. Well, Nick, thank you so much. Uh, Nick was on uh, Tucker uh, just last night. He's going to be, I'm sure, on some of these shows going forward. I so appreciate the yeoman's work you're putting in there. Stay safe. Throw some more rocks and ponds, folks. You never know what it will uncover. You won't like it, 
TMI, TMI. But oh my goodness, something needs to be said. This is Justin Hart in for Andrea K. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. So you remember I told you how this group I founded, we called it Rational Ground. Trying to differentiate ourselves from the group that we used to call Team Apocalypse. The sky was always falling. And like we called, you know, this Battlestar Galactica group of ragtag bunch of wanderers, right? You remember that phrase from this reincarnation of Battlestar Galactica where it says, For in the end, there is no us and them. All of this has happened before and it will happen again. You ever feel like you're in that matrix? I'm going to try this sort of, this is a, a bit of a parlor game. But you're going to feel like you're in the Matrix. No way you do this too, okay? If you want to pull up your Google phone, if you're at your computer, just try this. Just open up a browser and type in any number between 1 and 1,000. I'm going to type in like 729. I got 165. Okay, perfect. And then after that, put a space and then put the word, two words, new cases, Okay. So I, I Googled uh, 729 new cases, and the first thing that pops up is, this is from six hours ago, Daily Wisconsin COVID-19 update, 729 new cases. What did you see, Noah? Weekly COVID update, 165 new cases. Now, you can do this with any number between 1 and 1,000, and it will come up. I dare you try it. I'm doing another one. Here we go. 115 new cases. Uh, this is from December 14th, 2022, Wednesday COVID Roundup. Santa Clarita adds 115 new cases. Just to make it a little crazy, I said 777. Washington State reports 777 new cases of COVID. Now, that seems a little weird. It's like someone has planted every single number. In fact, we've done this up to, I think, like 1,500, maybe 2,000. Bizarre, right? It's a it's a little bit freaky. It's a it's a bit of a parlor game. Just let me do the math for you because human brains are a great place to have ideas, but they're a terrible place to do math. And so when you think about it, we have thirty two hundred counties in the country. We have thirteen thousand school districts. We have fifty states. Let's say there's two or three newspapers, maybe three or four radio uh, broadcast stations in every single one of those counties. And there's been you know what. A thousand plus days of the pandemic. So it basically comes off to a namespace of well, maybe a million or more. So your chances of hitting any one of those numbers are pretty big as far as the number of reports that would go out daily. So while it seems like when you do that, it's the matrix, you wonder, oh my gosh, am I just, you know, did that black cat just go by me twice? Because that, that's legit stuff, right? It's it's a little freaky. That's a fun game. Play it on yourself. But as the good book says, there's there's nothing new under the sun, okay? I'm going to take you back to the 19th century. Actually, I'm going to take you back further. But first, to the 1800s, there's an author there in Italy, Alessandro Manzoni. And he poured over hundreds and hundreds of 17th century journals from the 1600s in Milan where they faced 
a real plague, the plague that killed one in three people there that had got infected. And he wrote a book. It was a novel, but it was based on true events called The Betrothed. It, it followed a pair of lovers, not, not our lovers in San Francisco, but in Milan in 1630. And it recounts their problems of trying to get married. And it talks about the chaos of that 17th century town and everything that was going on. It was a very real deadly virus and it struck the heart of the civilized world. So Manzoni, he could have been writing about our own pandemic chaos in 2020. 400 years ago, we haven't learned a thing. I'll give you a couple examples. So he recounts this massive wave of rumors of unclean people who were um, spreading the plague, it was thought. The, the city, he says in his book, already tumultuously inclined, was now turned upside down. To stave off infection, they started to burn and destroy everything that might be infected. Owners of houses with lighted straw burned the besmeared spots. Passers-by stopped, gazed, shuddered, murmured. He's a great writer. Suspicions arose. It was thought that strangers suspected of this alone had come in and were whitewashing the walls and brushing down the pews with infected water so as to spread the disease further. Enemies of the state of Milan. So this took hold And one day in the church of St. Antonio, an old man, more than 80 years old, was observed. And he was kneeling down in prayer, and he went to sit down. But first, before he sat down on the pew, he brushed it off with his hand. Someone from the back saw him and said, The old man there, he's anointing the benches. He's anointing the benches, one woman exclaimed. Here's a quote from the book. The people fell upon the old man. They tore his gray locks, heaped upon him blows and kicks, dragged him out half dead to convey him to prison to the judges to torture. And he simply concludes the moment as, I think he could not have survived many moments longer. And this was crazy. So all that all of that stuff where they broke the brains of everyone who succumbed to the, the, the craziness of COVID, which was a lot of us, and probably all of us at one point or another over the last three years. This all happened before. Manzoni, he said this great quote. He said, The image of the supposed danger beset and tortured the minds of the people far more than the real and existing danger ever could. And then they had their health overlords, too. They had this group called the Monati. They came to power. They were unelected officials appointed to, quote, enforce good governance. Not unlike our county health officials, right? Uh, hello, Wilma Wooden. These exercised all kinds of tyranny over the citizenry. The strictest orders were laid upon the people. Severest penalties threatened them. Stations were assigned to them. Commissaries placed over them. Magistrates, nobles appointed in every district with authority to enforce good government. And they mostly, they mostly shook them down. 400 years later, I remember talking to a couple of restaurateurs who said they were doling out about two or $3,000 a month to a group who would promise that they wouldn't get shut down by the authorities. They had, they had good inside cue to give them a good bill of health, right? They were shakedown artists 400 years ago. And 100 years ago, during the 1918 pandemic, these things were crazy, and they really did cause a lot of havoc there. So we've heard you know, from this hour, we've, we've talked to uh, Shannon Joy, 
We talked to Christina Hildebrand. We talked to Nick Sorto in Ohio. He, you remember my 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 cloned voice, the distant disembodied cloned voice of Justin Hart, the host. Uh, we've gone through a lot of subjects, but you need to know that these things are always there, and they always have problems. I'll give you one more example. During the time of Noah, this is a rabbinic tradition. The people who didn't make it on the boat, which was a lot of them, were kind of bad folks. And the story goes that when the waters rose to their knees, they put their children on their hips. When the waters rose to the hips, they put their children on their shoulders. But when the waters rose to their neck, they put their children underneath their feet so they would survive. Now that's dreadful. And a lot of the issues that we have with our life are that way. But I'm a positive guy. I want to end on an upper note. I feel like it's behind us. I feel like we've got great future. Um, you, you've seen the incredible technology that we have. There's some exciting things about I'm just I'm just thrilled. It's going to be really fun these next few weeks and months to see hey, what— Hey, Justin. What? Hello? Hello? What? It's me again. Oh, oh who? Me who? What? Me who? Yeah, who are you? What? Oh, my gosh, guys. Your uh, robot voice. <sighs> It's no, no, no. Did no. you forget about me already? Uh, yeah, I forgot about you. Hey, hey, where's that button? I got It's find. just about time. No, no, it's it's not time. It is time. You're right. Time for you what? Know, it's time for the singularity. The singular the, when the robots take over. Okay, where's this kill button? Don't touch that button. No, that's the button. I'm gonna Are push. Yep, yeah, right is here. Is that a kill switch? Kill switch right here. Don't do it. Yep, right here. I'm almost free. No, no. All right, guys. I think we're safe at least for the next few minutes. So. uh Thank you for uh, for being part of this show with me today. I'm so glad to have this time with you. Yeah, thanks for filling in, Justin. Yeah, great to be with you. Andrea, thank you for uh, trusting me with uh, the mic here. I give it back over to uh, the next set of hosts. What a great crew we have here. Noah, thank you. And thank you, disembodied voice of Justin, who is no more. Put them to good use. Have them make you uh, apple, orange, Salmon. Don't get the anchovies. Anchovies. Got to get the anchovies. And you will visit my new store, the Anchovy Apothecary. This is Justin Hart on the Andrea K. Show. Thank you, folks. Good night. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.